Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Great, good afternoon, and thank you so much for dialing us up in whatever form or fashion that you have. We're just most appreciative that you did on this Tuesday, May 9th, the year 2023 rains. If they're not here already, they are coming. They are coming, and it doesn't look good for the next week. Hopefully, um... The weather prognostications are wrong, and we get that orb in the sky known as the sun back. I don't know if I can take it uh, without having the sun for a couple of days. My goodness gracious sakes alive. Uh, My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the EFCO Development Studios. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ, 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on L-U-S Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, we begin today with um, the talk of two basketball coaches. One who always seemed to get in the way of LSU, Denny Crum, the Hall of Fame college basketball coach who led Louisville to two national titles, one in 1980, beating LSU to get to the Final Four, and in that was a Daryl Griffith-led team, and in 1986, when never nervous, Purvis Ellison beat the Tigers in the Final Four. He passed away today at the age of 86 years young. Crum led the Cardinals to the final four six times winning those two national titles made the NCAA tournament 23 times in his 30 seasons, a great basketball coach, a nice man, um, learned played under John Wooden at UCLA joined the Bruin staff as an assistant under Wooden. Um, then Louisville hired him as its coach in 1971, and the program rose to national prominence under his watch. He was nicknamed Cool Hand Luke for his calm demeanor. He had a 675 wins, 295 losses at Louisville before retiring in 2001. Um, took a program and led it to greatness. Led it to greatness. Meanwhile, another legendary coach may be out and in all likelihood should be out. Bob Huggins, the longtime West Virginia men's basketball coach, used an anti-gay slur in an interview with a Cincinnati radio station on Monday. 
an incident he later apologized for in a statement. Of course, he's going to apologize. The situation is under review by both the university and its athletic department. In today's time, in today's ways, there's no way that Bob Huggins can respond, uh, can survive this. Um, if he does, then he's bigger than the university. If the president had done the, of the university had said what he said, he'd have been gone immediately. If the athletic director had said what he had said, he'd be gone immediately. Bob Huggins is very powerful as the most highly compensated employee in the state of West Virginia, but you can't say what he said. You can't do it. And I'll let you look it up because I would get fired if I said in a quotation. It just wouldn't work. So Bob Huggins, in all likelihood, um, will be dismissed from West Virginia University. I, I just can't see any, any other way possible that he can survive uh, this. Uh, can the Golden State Warriors survive? Can the New York Knicks survive? Well, they're down. Both teams are trailing in their best of seven series, three games to one. The Heat beat the Knicks last night, 109 to 91. It was um, a big second quarter where the Heat outscored the Knicks 25 to 18 that did the damage. Uh, Jalen Brunson was terrific with 32 points and 11 assists but not much else from the Knicks. Meanwhile, the Heat, Jimmy Butler with 27, Bam Adebayo with 23 points, 13 rebounds, a deeper bench, Kyle Lowry off the bench with 15, Caleb Martin off the bench with 10, and the Miami Heat, uh, too much firepower, not enough offense for the Knicks. They lead their best of seven series three games to one. The Lakers took a three games to one lead over the Golden State Warriors thanks to last night's 104-101 win, a game that saw the Lakers outscore the, the Warriors 27-17 to in the fourth quarter. Who's to blame for this one? Well, there's always people to blame. There's always ways to blame. But Steve Kerr is to blame for that loss. What was working all night long, Steph Curry with the ball in his hands, whoever Anthony Davis was guarding. That man would come set a screen. You would have Steph Curry being guarded by Anthony Davis. And bucket after bucket after bucket, the Warriors would get points in the paint and had the game in control. For some unknown reason, Steve Kerr went away from it. It played right into the hands of the Lakers. Steph Curry had 31 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds on the day. Klay Thompson was awful with nine points on three of 11 shooting. LeBron James, well, he did his thing as always. He, he's just that good. But the story of the game was, in the minds of many, a relatively unknown in Lonnie Walker IV who scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, all 15 of his points in the fourth quarter. He couldn't miss. The Warriors couldn't stop him. And now the Warriors, the defending champs, are on the precipice as they trail three games to one. Wow. LSU baseball back in action tonight after 
dropping two of three games at Auburn, including a run rule loss on Sunday. They fell from number one to number two in the weekly polls. Other SEC teams in D1 baseball's top 25 include Arkansas at three, Vanderbilt at five, South Carolina six, Florida seven, Kentucky 17, and Tennessee 23. We'll talk baseball today as LSU hosts Northwestern State tonight, as you heard in the two-minute drill, um, 6.30. Uh, pre-game show at 6. We'll have head coach Bobby Barbier of the Demons on um, in just about five minutes. And then we'll talk pitching with a former LSU pitching great. Got his ticket to the big leagues. Now, because of injury, is out. He's a bit successful entrepreneur in the Baton Rouge area. Anthony Renato will join us, and we'll talk about this LSU pitching staff. You know what you have in Paul Skeens, the SEC Picture of the Week, the National Player of the Week by Collegiate Baseball Newspaper. He leads the nation with 139 strikeouts, number one in the SEC in ERA at a blistering 1.73 in 72 and two-thirds innings, and his opponents are batting a miserly, miserly 165. Things have to change. And what do you do? I remember it wasn't that long ago in February when Jake Johnson said for LSU to reach its full potential, Thatcher Hurd will need to be part of the weekend rotation. Give the ball to Thatcher Hurd. Show him that you have confidence in him and leave him in. You got to give him innings. You got to let him get through the tough parts. Let him get through it and keep on working and keep on working. And then you may have something. Everybody else has had their opportunities and tried. Go with the veteran. That's all I can say. So we'll talk with Bobby Barbier, Anthony Renato in our number one. In our number two, it's a Tuesday, right? So Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us for our weekly edition of the Black and Gold Report. The Saints have about $14, $15 million that they still can spend and be under the cap. Who's out there? What positions do the Saints need to improve on with quality depth? And which of the draft picks is going to be the most impactful player in year number one? Some of the things we'll discuss with Bob Rose. Softball tournament about to get underway in the Sunbelt Conference and uh, the Raging Cajuns. Have they done enough to get a national seed and host a regional? Well, we... We shall see. We'll talk about that. So um, busy show plan for New Orleans. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll get busy with the head coach on the bus heading to Baton Rouge. Rains are about to come. We'll see if they get the game in or not. But we, uh, as of right now, it's all a go. Bobby Barbier after this first timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The St. Thomas Moore Cougars are headed to Sulphur. In fact, they're in Sulphur for the Division II Select Semifinals, and you can listen to the action live here on the game. Pre-game begins at 445, and first pitch is set for 5 p.m., this Wednesday, tomorrow, Danny Jones will be on the call. You can hear it right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 17 minutes after the hour tonight, around 6.30, fingers crossed. Uh, LSU baseball will return on the field to take on the Northwestern State Demons coming out of the Southland Conference. On the bus making the trip down is uh, the head coach of the Demons entering his fourth season at his alma mater, Bobby Barbier. Kind enough to join us. Coach, good afternoon. Thank you for the time, man. Uh, fingers crossed, right? How you doing? Yeah, man, we're doing great. We're actually just pulling in to get a little meal before we head over to the box. There you go. Wait, wait, you go get a little meal in town. Are we stopping over here on 415 at uh, Bejeron? So, nice. Like, like, like most, uh, like most South Louisiana folks, I'm just crossing by and say, hey, what's the best place we can get for the crew? And um, this was the spot. So hopefully the boys will get a good little meal. They'll get a great meal. Um, let's talk about your ball club a little bit. You're ten and eight in the Southland Conference. You lost two out of three against Texas A&M Corpus Christi this last weekend, but um, you've got wins over New Orleans, Lamar, and Carnet Word Nichols. D- describe your season so far. I'm doing okay. We, we, we've, um, you know, two games out of first, but probably four games out of last. Our, our league's kind of. Our okay. lead kind of jumbled up um, with everybody yep. kind of there in the middle. Uh, Nichols is leading it. We had uh, two good weekends in a row against the league leaders, being Incarnate Word, two out of three at our place, and then um, Nichols, two out of three. They were both lead the league, and it had a rough one down in Corpus. And actually, a rough one. It was it was um, the conditions weren't great for for our team, how we like to score, and um, but we ended up getting the one on Sunday on the way you know on the way out. So it was um, the season's been going good. I have a great group of guys. They play really really hard. They um they compete really hard, and I know they'll be excited to play tonight. What does it mean uh, to your players to be able to play in 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 Baton Rouge against a team that's been ranked number one all year long? Now they're number two in the country. What what does it mean to them? I think they're excited. You know, I mean, it's a different different type of atmosphere. You know, than we're used to. We went up and played Oregon four times this year. Um, and that was a that was unique, you know, something that I've I've never been to that stadium. We played the regional at Oregon State, so that was unique. I think it's a it's a unique atmosphere that um, that they'll enjoy. We got a lot of Louisiana kids in our roster, and, and they'll uh, you know most of them grow up grow up being Tiger fans, and there's a lot of the guys that they'll be playing against today. So it'll be a, it'll be an experience for them. What does it mean for you to be able to coach at a school where I mean you've had a you've had a background in sports. Your dad was a coach. Um, you grew up around sports. You went to Northwestern State. Uh, you, you, then you ventured over to Alabama for a little bit. You came back, and then you got the head coaching job. So, what is it like coaching your alma mater, and how and how do you handle that pressure? I love it. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. We, um, you know. I, Good kind of synopsis of my career, but you know I was at Alabama for five years and loved it over there. Um, I've only been to two places. I was here as an assistant before I went to Alabama, so it's uh, I don't I don't I don't know much of more than that. But I I love it in Natchitoches. My family loves it. Um, yeah. I think it does probably come with a little extra when considering I played here and how much it means to me. 
um, you know, to put this jersey on every day and, and to make sure that the roster's in a good place and the facility's in a good place and all that. I think hopefully I'll probably take it, take it a little extra because, I, you know, I played here and I, I represent all the guys I've ever played and coached here. So it's um, – it's a neat place, man. If your listeners ever get out to Natchitoches, it's a it's a pretty cool love spot. It. We we uh, we love being there. I love Natchitoches. It's a great time. Everybody talks about, it. and I've been there during the Christmas season. It's beautiful. But I've done a lot of basketball games down there. I've driven right past the football stadium. To the right oh. is the baseball park, and then there's the basketball arena. So I'm very familiar with with where you are. What I'm not familiar with is infielder Michael Detallo. Seems to be pretty good with the bat in his hand. Man, he's a he's a neat story. Uh, we signed him out of Texas and out of Keller High School. We got quite a few guys from Keller, and we knew we were getting a good hitter. Had no idea we we're getting guys, and you know, hopefully, we helped him along the way a little bit once he got here. But he um, he just hit. He he battles with two strikes. He uses the whole field. He swings at strikes. He, he has power that he's starting to show. Um, not sure if you know our first baseman going to the year was hurt. Opening day, not sure if he'd have been in the lineup. To be honest with you, at the first base and one hurt, uh, wow. he filled in for him and 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 then just took off and has never come out. So he's he's special. He's a great kid, four point He's got everything you want in a um, in a in a guy. I and mean, he's just we're, we're very happy to have him. Sounds like you, the scholar athlete. That's what you were back in the day. Um, <laughs> I, he he Wally he got Wally pipped your first baseman, right? I mean, Vitalis <laughs> in three three. <laughs> Yeah. 395, 16 doubles, seven homers, 38 RBIs. All you kids listening out there, don't get sick. Don't I mean, if at all possible, <laughs> get in that lineup, right? Well, especially in our game. You know, we don't get to see them enough. You know, big leaguers play 162 games. You know, I, I read a story one time when Jeter went into a slump. So the first 60 games of the season, Jeter was hitting 160. Well, hell, our, game, our season's over by then. You know, so we right. Our game is meant to be played over a really long period of time to get to the ebbs and flow of the season, and guys, when you feel good, don't feel good. So that makes it really hard to evaluate in a, in a short fall sometimes. And um, yeah, it worked out. It worked out. I think we would have gotten there eventually, but it worked out great. That's awesome. Bobby Barbier, kind enough to spend a few minutes with us uh, as the the heavens are about to open up. Let's pray that we get this baseball game in. Uh, that would be terrific. Um, when you, I'm always curious from a coach's perspective. When you look at this LSU baseball team, what do you see? Uh, I see probably the best college lineup I've ever seen. Um, probably, I guess. Uh, we, you know, we played Oregon State in that regional, and they, I think they ended up having five first rounders in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Guys who were first rounders that year or eventual first rounders, and probably another, you know, the other four guys were all top ten rounders. Uh, I think this team is more talented than that team um, offensively. I mean, it's uh, and it, it just it makes it makes it it makes it to where people look over guys like the shortstop, you know, like Thompson, who's a yeah. terrific player and got a chance to play in the big leagues, you know, and and you go well. He's not this guy or that guy or that guy, but yeah, but he's a really good player, you know, and he's the best player on a lot of teams. And um, yeah, they've done a, a, a tremendous job of selecting talent. And um, I think Coach Johnson is a, is a tremendous coach, and I think he he does the he's not afraid to coach him. You know, I think that's that's hard in our in our day and age with 
agents and high-profile guys and guys that turn down a lot of money. And I think some guys can be afraid to coach him. You know, I don't, I don't think he does that. I mean, I, you can watch the way they take at bats and the way they stand in there when the ball's inside and the way they fight with two strikes. And you can see that right away. So it's a very, very ta- uh, talented lineup. And it's, a, it's, I'm excited to get to play them. I mean, I hope our guys are too. I hope, I hope we can. We talk about after we left Oregon that we can learn from so many things that we saw. I thought they had a really good team and did a really good job too. And, and hopefully we could take something from this one too. Well, LSU's had some midweek uh, losses against some in-state schools. So, you know, there, there's no such thing as any guarantees. You, you play the game and see what happens. Um, uh, your picture tonight, tell me about him. So we're going we're gonna to staff it. We're going to start, start uh, Chase Presswich, uh, who's, who's been, who actually started the year as our midweek starter, and he was tremendous. And then like most schools our size, you get in the conference and – you know, you got to make the conference tournament and like to have a chance to win the conference. So you use him as a reliever um, in conference. So he's, I think he pitched uh, one inning on Saturday. So he'll start and go one, and we'll probably throw every guy, you know, a bunch of guys, a bunch of our relievers one inning. We won't use any of our starters, but a bunch of our relievers one inning and uh, get them some work. Give them some work and go from there. Well, look, I look, I greatly appreciate your time again. I know you boys are eating and, uh, uh, Bergeron's is, is a great place to go. Some really good barbecue there for sure. Um, and let's, let's hope that, uh, the weather prevails and we get some baseball in and uh, look, um, what really matters is as you prep for the Southland conference tournament, how quickly these seasons go by, right? It seemed like it just started oh, now where crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it really is crazy, but I've said it before and I'll say it again, top to bottom. Per capita, I don't know if there's a better state in our union um, than the state of Louisiana when it comes to college baseball. Nichols, no Northwestern, UL, LSU, Tulane, UNO. I mean, and I know I'm forgetting somebody. Southeastern. There may be some really good baseball teams. There, there are. There are definitely some good teams. It'd be a great tournament, right? Just that all Louisiana tournament. That would be fun. Anyway, Bobby, I'll let you go eat. Thank you. Good luck to you the rest of the way. Right, Stay man. healthy, man. And thank you for Appreciate your time. You, man. you got it, brother. Bobby Barbier, the head coach of Northwestern State tonight. Again, weather permitted. It's um, six o'clock, six thirty start. Pre-game show, six o'clock, right here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. LSU ranked number two in all the polls. They have the NCAA RPI of number four. Northwestern State unranked, um, but got to win these games. Uh, look, LSU leads the series convincingly. They've won 22 of the past 25 matchups, including a 19-7 to win last season. That's before the 10-run rule was implemented, the, mer- the mercy rule. But prior to last season's game, the Demons had won two in a row L- over LSU. 7-3 on May 18th of 2021 in Baton Rouge, and 3-1 to March 12th, 2019 in Natchitoches. So, uh, but you got to go way back to 2011 for the last time the Demons won in Baton Rouge, 5-2. Uh, to two. So we, we shall see. Of course, everybody's pointing toward the weekend with Mississippi State coming to town, and what kind of adjustments will Jake Johnson make to his pitching staff? We'll get the ideas from a former LSU pitcher, Anthony Renato, next.
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you haven't seen the defending World Series champs in person yet, not to worry because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Oakland Athletics on Saturday, May 20th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, I'm excited to talk to our next guest, LSU baseball. Um, the hitting has been terrific. The worst weekend they've had all year long was uh, this past weekend. Um, but the hitting is is there. It, we got to talk about pitching. No one to talk about pitching better than a guy that used to pitch uh, and was great at it from high school all the way to LSU, all the way to the big leagues, pitching for the Red Sox, the Rangers, and the White Sox, uh, and now a business entrepreneur, Anthony Renato, kind enough to join us. Anthony, man, I greatly appreciate your time today, big fella. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I think I just need to have that uh, that intro on repeat constantly for me, man. I feel hyped up right now. That was amazing. I appreciate you got it. Thank it, man. You, man. My, my, my my question is, how does a guy that's six foot seven in the in the part of the world, New Jersey, that's famous for basketball, how do you not have sneakers on and you know and 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 shooting jumpers, man? What's up with that? Jordy, hey, don't underestimate me, Jordy. I was I scored seventeen hundred points in in high school. I had a thousand rebounds. I was I was all right. I was just I was all right at that baseball thing too. So I, I chose that route and <laughs> and stuck with that for a little while. That's awesome. I'm always curious about this LSU baseball. It you know it doesn't get much better than that. But the big leagues is a whole different story. What would you describe major league baseball? There's a bunch of kids that are out there that might be listening right now. Uh, it, it's their dream. It, it's like the the greatest grass, the greatest stadiums. The, I mean, what's what was it like for you, Jordy? Man, I think you. It's it's it doesn't feel real. Uh, I think what you like you said the the stadiums, the grass, the moments, the players, the people that you meet, the fans, the the travel, everything is is just it's like a dream. It's uh it's it doesn't feel like real life at at times and stuff, but. Then at the same time, it's also your job, and you're getting paid to do something, so you got to lock it in. There's some stress, right? So, uh, but at the same time, I mean, that's it's everything that I worked for my whole life, and it was something I'm forever grateful for, and it opened up endless opportunities for me in life. So, uh, I'm extremely grateful, and it was it was uh, probably the best time of my life for sure. That's awesome. I, I look, I, I can t- I can take a look at a basketball player, and I can tell you what that player is all about. Baseball, that that's that's your deal. So. I'm curious from your perspective, you see what Paul Skeens is doing this year for LSU from a picture to a picture. Describe him. Oh, I feel weird because, I, you know, some people have asked me about this, you know, and, and I had him on my podcast and, and it feels weird, man. I just uh, I've never seen anything like it. I feel like I'm fanboying so much about him. 
to be 6'6", to be 250 pounds, to have the stuff that he has. Uh, and when I say stuff, I'm talking 98 to 103 mile an hour fastball regularly, throwing strikes regular, like n- not, not even so. So in college, you're expecting guys to throw hundred miles an hour to miss all over the place. Right. This guy right. is missing by inches when he misses, if he misses. Uh, so to me, just that combination of stuff and command and size and presence uh, is, is second to none. And there's just the jump that he's had even this year, um, you know, year to year. So I'm excited to see him grow. I'm excited to see him at the next level. But I mean, every time that guy pitches on Friday night, he could be pitching in the big leagues easily. Yeah, he went his longest frame. He went seven and a third, and I was always wondering what you know. He throws a lot of pitches, and they foul him off. And when you're a strikeout pitcher, right? I think you throw more uh, yep. than than normal. And but great to see him go seven and a third, man. I'd love to see that all the time. That's and that's the key, right? Especially with LSU's bullpen. I'm sure we're going to get into that. But yes. um, as a strikeout yes. pitcher, that's the thing is you don't see guys throw that that far because they're usually you know running up three two ball counts all the time, um, and then eventually striking them out and they're getting deep counts. But he 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 throws he's striking guys out in three and four pitches regularly. So for him to have 15 punches and throw you know seven and a third is is pretty amazing. He's doing it pretty regularly. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and I think most LSU fans agree that we want him in the game more than, than most other bullpen guys right now. <laughs> You're right. And I thought, I said this yep. when I found out uh, before they played Auburn, Auburn basically waved the white flag and said, we're not putting our best picture against Skeens. We're going to move him to Saturday and give us a chance to win that one. Then we'll throw caution to the win on Sunday and try to win the series. I think more and more, I mean, if, if I'm going up against Anthony Renato, I'm not putting putting my guy against you i'm saving him so we can get a win the next day i think more you know teams what? might start doing that i i think you're right and i and i think we've seen it actually a couple times and and i think that alludes to unfortunately lsu not developing or not having i shouldn't say developing but not having that second starting pitcher or having those other arms right uh you actually right. wouldn't do that probably jordy during our 09 team because as good as i was friday night you had lewis coleman coming back who was actually the yeah. sbc pitcher of the year on saturday so you know what yeah. i'm saying they couldn't do that stuff they had to try to take right. their chance against me and and hope that they won a game but uh, lsu doesn't have that luxury this year so teams can do that and it's scary to to, to think about that in a three-game series right when you only have to win two games fine to see the first one the, the, you got uh, the All-American on the mound, and, and then let's try to win two out of three, you know, the next two. So, uh, I, I don't know. You might see that going forward for sure. As as currently constructed, um, with the bats that you have, and I talk to every coach, and they say it's the most formidable lineup they, they may have ever seen. But with Paul Skeens and then you don't know what you get from there, is this a national championship team as is constructed now? I'm going to say yes. I think they're a contender, and I think they they can win a championship. Whenever you don't, whenever you have that talent on that team, you can win a championship. And I think they proved it. They've been the best team statistically. I think Wake Forest has you know done proved that that they're better right now as far as you know with the body of work. But I think that uh-huh. they've been number one. They hadn't lost a series the whole year, so I think right. this is a championship team. It's just a matter of developing that second starter and having a few bullpen arms uh, to be able to lock it down for you at the end of games. All right, you watch the games. You know these players. Uh, I'm going to put your manager's hat on, and I'm not going to <laughs> ask you to second-guess or anything because we don't know what Jay's going to do. He said we're going to make some changes. So, all right, Skeens gets the ball Friday. Then what do you do from there? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. 
I don't know what to do. If I was a manager, I, I love Ty Floyd. I love his stuff, but he's so inconsistent. So I don't think I can have him on Saturday. To me, me I would want to mix in maybe a lefty somewhere in there or somebody that doesn't have as electric stuff as schemes. So I, I'm thinking – I don't even know who it would be, honestly, because right now you need a guy that throws strikes, and we're just struggling having throwing strikes. So I actually like Christian Little and his stuff as another starter, but he's, his command is just – is just not there. So when you don't have a guy that commands the ball, and, and that's unfortunately what they've ran into as in starting pitching, I don't know who you go with. I think Ty Floyd is our best best bet right now, and I think that's why he's been on Saturday. So um, I think you know these next two weekends in SEC play will show a lot of who those those roles will be and and who those players will you know be at the end of the year. But I always like to tell people keep in mind that. Chad Jones didn't play on our 09 team until April. You know, he was doing spring football. And at the end of the year, he was our best lefty reliever. And he was a huge part of our team going forward. So, you know, there's so many things that twist and turn and guys step up and, and you know, guys adopt roles. So hopefully somebody can do that. Hopefully Jay and the, and the coaching staff have that leadership to, to get that out of their guys and, and somebody steps up. Okay, I'm always thinking. I'm always tinkering. So I got skeins on Friday for sure. I moved yep. Ty Floyd to Sunday because I think, I think as as a Sunday starter, he's going to be better than the other team's Sunday starter. So I'm going to get a win Correct. with skeins, and then I'm going to throw caution to the win on Saturday. I, I shoot, I may start with the veteran Thatcher Hurd, and and then and what, and then just play whole staff on Saturday. And then give the ball to Floyd because I think he's going to be better than any t- any other team's third picture. So that's what I would do. I-, I may be crazy, but that's that's me. No, I-, I don't mind that. I think the only thing that you run into is if that's your plan and Schemes does get clipped, maybe he loses two to one or something like that in our offense. Because we're going to run Ooh. into a good arm eventually. We haven't been shut down yeah. this year. And, you know, good pitching shuts down good hitting. So I just get a little nervous. You want that? You want to have that that bounce back starter you know, that second yeah. game. I don't know. So it, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting how they play it out. We'll see. You, we wouldn't be wrong. Sure, no, no, no. You definitely could do that, especially if you do get that win Friday night with Skeens. Try to get that second win, go with Johnny Holstaff and, and figure it out. That's why I just talk. I don't have any pressure on me. But that's your hurt. He had all that success at UCLA. Uh, what, do, what, what do you see in him, and what, what do you think the issue is? Jordy, I, and again, I don't. I don't know the kid, so I, this is not fair to say to him. You know, I don't yeah. know him personally, but I'm just saying what I see, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard so many things about him and his stuff and, and how he was going to come here and be this guy. I've seen a guy that's a little timid. I think I've seen a guy that doesn't want to throw strikes and attack guys, and maybe his yeah. stuff isn't as good as maybe what it was at some point because I see him look up at the scoreboard and look at velocity sometimes, so maybe he's not as confident as you know maybe he was on the West Coast and being in the SEC and facing better hitters, bigger crowds. I don't know. You know, somebody on the outside looking in, he just looks a little timid. He doesn't look like he's ready to throw a contact. I, I want somebody with his stuff going right at guys, and, and he just walks yeah. too many guys and nibbles and gets 2-2-3-2 two, 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 too much for me. That's why I think, again, here I, here I go again. Jake Johnson, <laughs> get the ball. Give it to Thatcher Hurd and say, dude, you're my guy. I don't yep. care what happens. I believe in you. Go out there and pitch. Don't worry about a thing. We got your back. We're going to get runs for you. Go out there and pitch, and go as long as long as you want, and we'll be fine. Exactly. Mm, maybe, maybe it's a confidence, like you said, it it's a confidence thing, and maybe he needs to be uplifted. Some people don't, some people do. Hundred percent. I think that's where good coaches figure that out, right? And maybe he is that. Maybe that's all he needs is like, hey, dude, 
give me that 97 down the middle. I don't care. Don't try to nibble. Don't try to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? Throw that good breaking ball in there and let us score some runs. If you give up three or four, who cares? We're going to score five or six. But just keep us in the That's game. True. Don't put two guys on base for free, you know, and then let an inning get away and score three or four, you know. And that's the thing that I think he's just got to have. And, and he's got the stuff. So, I mean, I, I hope. He's, yeah. a, he's a huge key for us. We all know what Dylan Cruz has done. Tommy White has been terrific. Um, Trey Morgan, maybe the most underrated player on this team, but he's only batting yep. 325. Jared Jones has been what a surprise. He's been at 333. Other than that, I mean, who who has really impressed you other than the big names that we all knew about? Uh I know he struck out a lot, but I love the Jared Jones uh guy. I think I think just, yeah. you know, a big burly freshman that hits tanks, I think is it reminds me of the videos that I saw when I came into LSU of gorilla ball guys of three big three run homers, right? Travinsky's done it yeah. a couple times this year too. I like that, like you know, the big three run homer that gets you the, the the lead late in the game. So I like Jared Jones. I'm going to look for him in the postseason to hit a big clutch homer in a regional or super regional. You know, that puts us up maybe late in the game. But he's one of my my dark horses. He's definitely going to strike out a little bit, but he might run into one that's going to go over the scoreboard, which is a lot of fun too. Leads the team with uh, 59 whiffs. Um, Dylan Cruz doesn't strike out much. He he yep. does everything, um, and LSU may have the first two picks in the in the MLB draft with with Skeens and Cruz in whatever order, whatever that team needs. That would be amazing. Can you imagine that, Jordy? Can you imagine no. a college team having the top two best players and two prime positions, two center field and pitcher? Like that's absolutely oh. crazy. And it could happen. So, it, it could happen. Um, Dude, Kim Mulkey may have that in women's basketball. I mean, God, she may have the, the top three picks in the draft. That's what I was going to say. She might have the top threes. I mean, I don't know what's going on with LSU sports right now, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, there's some really <laughs> great athletes going through, and I think, you know, with social media, NIL, all this stuff, I think we're really yeah. getting to get a glimpse of these guys and girls' personalities too, which is super fun. And, you know, top, hats off to the coaches to letting them, you know, be the players that they are too. So as an right. LSU fan, it's a, it's a good time right now. I got to brag on you. Not only were you a terrific picture, but now you're a uh, a very successful business entrepreneur. You've got a great store in Baton Rouge called Cards and Culture. Describe what that what the concept is there. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah. So we're we're a collectible shop. Um, sports cards, art, memorabilia, sneakers. Um, all kinds of collectibles. I always say, if people know what StockX is, it's a you know it's an online um, buy sell trade platform. Um, if that place had a shop, that would be me. You know, it, it, all the big collectibles brands are in here. Um, we we do all kinds of events with kids and and sell them their their baseball cards. We trade with them. We buy from them. We host events. And so Perkins Row is a really great spot too for foot traffic. So uh, it's just a great atmosphere and, and we have a really cool experience for fans when they come in our shop. We sell, you know, jerseys and, and all that stuff too. So um, overall great fan experience and just something I enjoy doing every day. I get to mix it up with some of the greatest fans in, in Baton Rouge and people that got to watch me play at LSU. So um, it's just a fun time for me being in here and I appreciate the kind words, Jordy. Yeah. That's everybody's dream to wake up every morning and love what they're doing. And it's a really <laughs> cool place. Um, and it, it's a lot of fun. So Next time you come to Baton Rouge, wherever you may be, Perkins Row Cards and Culture, bring your kids and um, they'll love it. They will. And you'll love it, too. I mean, there's stuff I see in there that's really, really cool 
stuff. And I'm not a memorabilia collector, but man, it's some really fun stuff. So um, I appreciate the right. time as a man. I tell you what, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, um, you went LSU, you went big leagues, but man, you were like the stud of the Cape Cod league as well. How much fun <laughs> was that playing up there in the summertime? And was it anything like the movie that I saw? I was just going to say, I was like, if you've seen Summer Catch or whatever, that was Freddie Prince. Yes. That's like, I mean, it was like every college kid's dream to play in the Cape. So, I mean, I got, I was fortunate enough that uh, I got to do it after my freshman year, which is kind of a big deal for a college kid. Um, yeah. uh, so I went up there after my freshman year, had a great time. I, I played in Yarmouth, Dennis, and then uh, I went up after my junior year because um, we won the national championship as a sophomore. And then when I was a sophomore and then I got hurt my junior year and I was projected to be you know a top pick and all that stuff so my agent asked me to go up to to um to the cape and pitch a little bit and prove to the red sox that i was healthy so uh that, that was cool i got to do that after my junior year because usually i don't see juniors up there that were drafted right. and stuff so i basically pitched in the red sox backyard and every start i was just uh trying to earn some extra money in in the draft and stuff so I overall had a great experience had great host families and and uh it's just beautiful up there it really is so it, it is it's like the movie but I feel like the, the girls out there awesome. didn't all look like Jessica, uh, Jessica Biel. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. What are they all time? Great. Um, uh, <laughs> well, look, I appreciate the time. Continued success to you and all your business endeavors. And uh, thanks for sharing some pitching knowledge with us um, on this LSU baseball team. You still think they have everything you need to win a national championship. Just got to find that one. Uh, got to find a Lewis Coleman. That ain't easy to find, big That's guy. It. It's not easy. It's not. But uh, luckily, they still got some games on the schedule. And, you know, at the, at the end of the year, when the games matter the most, sometimes, like, the, certain guys in certain roles get that confidence and they figure it out, right? I always think, like, Zach Hess was one of my favorite examples. That dude came on so hot in 2017, you know, as the closer. And so, I don't know. You just – people adapt different roles, and confidence is, is crazy scary for certain guys. So, yeah, I still think they got it. They got a chance. You brought up a point there, and I boy, that one aggravated me about Zach Heath. I don't know why he or they wanted to take him from a closing role to a starting <sighs> pitching role. I never understood that, Anthony. I'm like, this me dude's either. gonna make a ton of money. Keep him as your closer. Don't don't yep. mess with it. Yep. And he had some, we had one of the best in the, in the country right there, and he was throwing 97, 98 electric. He probably would have been the biggest. I'm, I'm the same way. I feel the same way. Hey, you live and you learn, though, sometimes, right? And it's tough when a kid is telling you that he wants to pitch and, and you're, you know, you're trying to appeal him and make him happy and all that and what he wants to do for his career. So there's always some, some variables that go into that those decisions. Yeah. But I agree. I would have just loved to see him as a reliever. As a reliever. All right, Anthony Renato, man. Just, uh, Jordy, anytime you want to have success. me on your show, man, this is seriously so fun for me. I love talking to you. You've come on my podcast, so – um anytime. really anytime you need somebody to talk baseball or just fill some space i'm your guy man i'm serious this is, we'll this is do always it. enjoyable we'll do it. you're the best you're you're very good at this stuff too so uh thank you i appreciate it man all the best we'll talk soon my friend all right jordy have a great day man take care anthony renato kind enough to join us we'll take our final time out wrap up our number one next this is the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros and by our great partners each and every day like Shoprite, tobacco plus discount outlets if you can't shop right at shop right you just can't shop right at all by ducks cleaning america's air from the inside out eon 
the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, located in Lafayette, in Baton Rouge, and in Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. So many chances, but you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon, I-10 at the Henderson-Cecilia exit with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And do yourself a flavor with Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back. Um... As we wrap up our number one, that was fun with Anthony Renato. So good. So informed. Been there, done that. Uh, I really would. I would, uh, I'd move Ty Floyd to Sunday and I'd take a chance with Thatcher Hurd on a Saturday and give him some confidence and tell him, Hey, throw strikes, throw strikes the best you can throw strikes. If they hit it, they hit it, throw strikes. Don't walk them. Don't look at the scoreboard. Don't look at the, you know, the velocity or anything like that. Just throw strikes, throw to the mitt, and uh, we're going to get your runs. And show him some confidence. I saw what he did at UCLA. I, I don't get it. Don't get it. It was really good. Really good. Um, just having a tough time. But build him up. Give him some confidence and, and turn him loose, baby. Turn him loose. Coming up, hour number two, we're going to turn Bob Rose loose of the Saints News Network for our weekly black and gold report. So stick around. Hour number two of the Jordy Helper Show after the top of the hour sports update here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Who's going to have a better year, the Astros in baseball or LSU football? Hmm. Think about it. We'll be back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away. Go on this Tuesday, May 9th, the year 2023. Hoping we get baseball in all over the state. The Cajuns, the Tigers, uh, if this weather can prevail, we should be good. We got NBA action tonight as well as um, the playoffs resume. I love the fact that there's games on every night. I just love it. I'm going to be, I'm going to miss it so much when it's all over and done. 76ers and the Celtics uh, play tonight in Boston. Game five series tied two apiece. Game five between the Suns and the Nuggets in Denver. That series tied two games apiece. Last night it was the Knicks um, losing to the Heat, 109-101. Miami takes a 3-1 lead in their best of seven series. And the Lakers, with the late collapse by the Warriors, beat the beat Golden State 104-101 to lead that series three games to one. Anyway, my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development 
is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette, or on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles and all surrounding areas. Uh, we are streaming everywhere, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Spring practices have come and gone. Um, and I think the hype around this, this coming LSU football season is going to intensify as the summer months drag on. Um, wind projections are kind of an interesting way to gauge how highly a team is thought of in any sport prior to the start of the season. It's not an exact science. Vegas puts a ton of thought and resources into knowing uh, what these programs are all about. And so following spring practice sessions that have wrapped up across the country, DraftKings released an updated futures bet on college football teams around the country, setting the over-under margin for LSU at nine and a half wins. It's one of the highest marks in the conference behind only Georgia and Alabama and tied with Tennessee. Um, hmm. If I had to guess right here, right now, I'm betting the over on nine and a half. And I say that because it's year two and of the Brian Kelly regime. They got a lot of good players coming back. They've got a lot of good players coming in, whether it be the portal or high school recruits. I think the schedule, um, the the two toughest games, I believe, are going to be your season opener on a neutral site, if you want to call Orlando neutral, to take on Florida State. Then you've got to go to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. Um. You've got your quarterback coming back. You've got good skill position people. Your offensive line, your defensive line should be very, very stout. LSU was clearly ahead of schedule a year ago when Brian Kelly took over. They obviously bought in. No one in the world expected LSU to win the SEC Western Division. Um, and especially after we saw the season opener against Florida State, how they just basically handed the game to the Seminoles, just handed it to them. I think LSU goes into that first week with a lot of intent on their minds. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Florida State's really, really good. But I, I think LSU makes a statement in that one. So I'm going to bet the over uh, on LSU. Malik Neighbors might be the best returning receiver in the league. If LSU can find a go-to running back, that would certainly, certainly help. I think their defense will be fine. I think their special teams, it can't go anywhere but up. Um, so I think continuity is everything, and I think that Jaden Daniels has been through the SEC. He understands it. He knows what to expect, and I think his dual-threat capability is something that is is so hard to defend 
Um, I like it. I think another year with Mason Taylor at tight end, I think he showed he's going to improve. I just think everything's in place if, if this team can stay healthy. And I think nine and a half wins is the floor. And I think LSU is going to surpass that one. Um, am I glass half full? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I base that upon knowing what Brian Kelly can do, the continuity of the coaching staff, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, um, system in play, destruction of Wake Forest in the bowl game, um, all things pointing in the positive direction. Uh, I think I think LSU surpasses that. Uh, but we shall see. We shall see um, how they do it. And you know, we 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 talked with Anthony Renato, and he made a point of saying, "I don't know what's going on with LSU sports, but my goodness gracious, uh, these hires that Scott Woodward made has has turned into gold." And um, across the board, all all the sports, um, they have raised the ante, and that pressure that Kim Mulkey and Brian Kelly and Jake Johnson have put on this entire athletic department has made everybody raise their level of play. And, you know, again, everybody talks about what's Matt McMahon going to do. It just, that's a sport where it just takes, I know women's basketball is going to be the, the outlier. I just think it takes a little bit, a little bit more time. Uh, Cause Matt McMahon doesn't come in here with that, that resume that a John Calipari had. He just doesn't. Um, but we'll see how much how much of an effect is former George Washington Center Hunter Dean going to make? 6'10", 235, grad assistant, grad transfer. Um, the numbers don't equate much. Nine points, six rebounds, one assist. He did shoot 64% from the field. I think that's a kid that's going to give you some backup time. Um, signed with Southern Miss before the last three seasons at George Washington. So he's LSU's fifth edition from the transfer portal this year and the fourth from the state of Louisiana, joining um, Jalen Cook, who played at Walker High School, Jordan Wright from Vanderbilt, who played at Dunham in Baton Rouge, Santa Clara's Carlos Stewart, who also played at Dunham in Baton Rouge. Um, Nevada's Will Baker comes along, and then you've got some two, two freshman signees in power forward, Corey Chess and shooting guard. Mike Williams. LSU just lost a, a shooting guard um, in the portal from Syracuse who ended up going to Clemson. So um, I don't know. I don't know how many wins this is going to equate to. They'll be better than they were a year ago, but then again, it doesn't take much to be better than they were a year ago. Just saying, just saying. Um, LSU softball, they're 15th ranked, 40 and 14 overall. 13 and 11 in the SEC. They likely locked up an NCAA tournament host site this past weekend by taking two out of three against number 11 Georgia, thanks to the great performance by utility player Allie Newland, who was named the SEC Player of the Week. All she did was bat 700 um, against um, the school from her native state of Georgia. She had a double in each game this weekend. She tallied two three-hit games, including the series finale where she singled to bring home the winning run. So 
softball's doing well. Um, golf doing well. All of these sports are doing well. So uh, this LSU athletic department is in good, good shape. Um, no question about it. So we shall see. We shall see. Baseball's got to find another picture, another starting picture. Um, and football, I, I just nine and a half. I just feel better about this team than than that. I, I'm, I'm going to bet the over on nine and a half and um, feel pretty good about that bet. Feel pretty darn good about that one. All right, let's take a time out here when we come back. Uh, the Saints have money to spend. Will they spend it? Who will they spend it all? It's like the third wave of free agency. You've got the first wave when the doors first open. Then you got it right uh, right before the draft. And then now the draft is over. You see what you got. And you got the third wave. So we'll talk all about that with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. It's the Black and Gold Report next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game has a brand new app. Now it's your one-stop shop for all things the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station download the free mobile app today for your apple from your apple or android device just search the game southwest louisiana no matter where you are you can listen to the game southwest louisiana's sports station it's time for jordy to march into some new orleans saints talk with saints news network's bob rose here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, Mr. Rose, how are you, sir? Mr. Holberg, I am doing fantastic. And what about yourself? I am doing well. I don't know why people get so, so excited about um, the schedule drop on Thursday <laughs> night. Is that I, I don't get it. it. It is what it is. We know who they're going to be playing for the most part. So uh, I, I, I don't think the Saints are going to be on many, if any, of the Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night games this year. Do you? No, I. You know, I don't. I, I don't see a lot of it. Uh, I, I think maybe one, two. If we're stretching it, three primetime games. Uh, yeah, I could see. But this is a team that's coming off two two missed playoff appearances and a, a double digit losing season. Uh, and despite us being excited about the off season additions, uh, they haven't made a lot of waves on the national radar. So, uh, you know, we, it, it, like you said, I, I can't see a lot of appearances. And I agree with you. Uh, yeah, someone needs to tell my good friend, Mr. Goodell, that not everything needs to be a TV event. Uh, you could go back to releasing the, you know, the, this schedule in mid-April, uh, you know, just, a, just a normal press release. So some of us that live up north that are in the media can start making our travel plans maybe a little bit early. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, like travel plans maybe to Germany? Is that? Are you hearing those rumblings? 
Yeah, and I think it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, this would obviously be the second straight year that New Orleans has played an international game after playing the uh, Vikings in London last year. But yeah, we're hearing that the Saints uh, will be playing a game in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, the rumors look like it has it being in early November, likely against the New England Patriots. So fans, if you're scoring at home, if that is uh, to come to fruition, that would mean that the Saints do not lose a game, a home game in the, uh, in the Caesar Superdome. It will be considered one of their away contests. So, uh, oh, so keep good. an eye on that, uh, especially over the next 24 hours. We're going to start to see the schedule, uh, you know, schedule leaks uh, around this time on Wednesday. Uh, and the first thing to be leaked out are going to be the international and primetime games. Can you imagine the Houdat Nation going to Frankfurt where uh, beer is prevalent? I know it's not <laughs> Oktoberfest, but uh, I can imagine Saints fans will um, – yeah, the German beer is pretty darn good. All right, so that's one thing. And uh, um, according to reports, the Saints have the one of the easier schedules this year. The only team with an easier schedule are the Atlanta Falcons, according to one report. But who knows how teams are going to develop and grow throughout the course of the season. So I, I take that with a grain of salt. But I do take as important – as of yesterday afternoon, the Saints had somewhere between 16 and 17 million in cap space, closer to 17 million. Um, though they haven't signed any of their draft picks yet, but they got some money to spend, Bob Rose. So let's spend it. Let's not defer it to next year. Let's spend it here and now. And I think that's what the Saints are going to do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think so too. And I believe that the first position that they're going to address is the tight end spot. Uh, you know, a, a, a position that you, know, you and I, among others, showed a little bit of concern over uh, you know, once the draft was complete. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Saints just, they simply don't have a lot of depth here. I love Juwan Johnson, but remember, he's a converted wideout uh, you know, and still needs to improve a great deal as an inline blocker. Terrific receiver, but needs to improve as an inline blocker. And I think the Saints are targeting, again, uh, former Raiders and Derek Carr teammate, Foster Moreau, uh, which is great news for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm a big fan of Moreau and the way he plays the game. He's a big-bodied guy, uh, you know, offers a little bit of a receiving threat down the down the seam and across the middle. Uh, but most importantly, he's a terrific blocker. And secondly, uh, that means that Moreau is closer. Yeah. To returning to the football field than what a lot of us originally thought two months ago uh, when he received that concerning health scare right. when taking a physical, uh, you know, and visiting with the Saints in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are still a couple other veteran tight ends on the market, but the reports are that the Saints are targeting Foster Moreau. Uh, you know, I, I, he's got to be on other teams' radar, too. Uh, that should come to fruition within the next. I would say probably before the end of the week. But, yeah, I, I, I think that they should uh, and probably will spend it at the tight end position first. Former New Orleans New Orleanian went to LSU. That would be mm -hmm. terrific. There's a couple other names out there. Jeff Swaim, who apparently is a really good inline blocker. you got pass catchers available like Cameron Brayton and Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Mercedes Lewis is out there. Richard Rogers is out there. Saints got to get somebody, right? Um, and, and, and that person has to be, um, 
really good as a as an experienced blocker at the edge, I would believe. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, if they do indeed bring in a tight end, that's going to be the, the skills box that this franchise wants to check off first. This guy has to be a blocker, an asset for the running game, and be able to provide a little bit of a receiving threat. Again, Jawan Johnson's your receiver at the position. Uh, you have, at least on paper, if healthy, a much improved and youthful receiving core, so you're not going to need big pass-catching numbers uh, you know, from, you know, from a, a number two tight end or 1A, depending on the way you look at it but you bring in a guy like uh, and i'll go you a step further you know anthony ferks or adam shaheen michael pruitt are also still out there all very good blockers who have been excelling in that role throughout their you know their nfl careers those are the types of guys i believe that the saints ultimately target if they don't get moreau Okay. All right. Bob Rose, Saints News Network, where they said it wasn't that long ago, Bob, that the Saints made an aggressive push for a guy that um, has a big name, uh, had a great play in college football in a bowl game, uh, but they lost out to him to the Tennessee Titans. Jadavian Clowney is out there. Um, kind of fits the build of what the Saints like in defensive linemen. You think the Saints um, could coax a late career resurgence out of him? Personally, I hope not. Um, (laughs) The the book on Clowney is that he gives questionable effort uh, and and desire play in and play out. Uh, But you can't deny the skill set, and you pointed that out. And you know, there, there were there was uh, reportedly interest between the two parties, uh, you know, not too long ago at all. Uh, you know, and he, uh, you know, Clowney, along with Frank Clark uh, and, uh, and and Gawkway, uh, they're they're three very accomplished edge rushers still available, defensive ends still available on this open market. I know they drafted Isaiah Foskey, and I have high hopes for him. Obviously, they do, too, if they invested a second-round pick in him. Uh, but you lost Marcus Davenport. Cam Jordan's not getting any younger. The stronger rotation you have at that spot, the fresher those veteran legs stay late in games, late in seasons. So I would not be at all surprised if they brought in a Clowney or a Frank Clark uh, or, or a veteran defensive lineman at either end or, or tackle to kind of bolster that rotation and make it just a little bit deeper. Bob Rose with us. Another position we had talked about um, that needs some shoring up, I believe, is the linebacker position. Um, I know you mentioned Quan Alexander out there. There's some other ones mm-hmm. like uh, Rashawn Evans from the Atlanta Falcons. He he had a career best 159 tackles last, last season. Why? Why aren't, I mean, Maybe wants more money than the Falcons are willing to pay. Miles Jack is out there. I remember that name. Um, talk about the linebacker position. And is, is that where does that rank in priority to the Saints to put to provide depth and quality depth? Uh, I mean, you know, first, as far as ranking them, I'd put t- tight end, uh, you know, as far as number one need, uh, you know, maybe another quality veteran defensive lineman, interior or outside uh, number two, and I'd put linebacker number three, and here's why. Uh, this defense under Dennis Allen, most of the time, they run only two linebackers, and those two linebackers are undoubtedly going to be 
DeMar- uh, Demario Davis and Pete Warner, of course. Right. Now, losing Caden Ellis uh, you know, potentially is a big loss. Not only did Caden have a breakout year last year, but he provided experience and depth, something that uh, something that this linebacking unit is lacking right now. I'm a big fan of DeMarco Jackson. I think he's going to play just fine, uh, but he hasn't proven it on a football field yet. You get a guy like Quan Alexander, uh, some of the other guys you mentioned. I love Rashawn Davis. I'd love him in uh, this defense. Uh, Zach Cunningham, a uh, veteran guy like Anthony Barr, I, I'm pretty sure is still out there. Uh, you get a guy like that who's willing to come in uh, and accept maybe less snaps than he would elsewhere uh, on a you know one-year prove-it deal. I think it would be the only way you'd be able to work that out for a veteran. And all of a sudden, if Pete Warner gets nicked up a little bit, and he has the last two years, you don't yes. have, potentially, you don't have that much of a drop-off uh, you know, if you go to your backup guy. Because remember, that's the way Caden Ellis got his opportunity last year. He only got it because Pete Warner got hurt. Yeah, you never. Yeah, once you get hurt, you always get that reputation, and they need some depth along those lines for sure. So, um, let's take a time out here. I, I really want to touch on this when we come back. Um, you you gave the Saints a pretty high grade when it came to their draft. I want to know who's going to make the biggest impact, and let's put them in order. Um, and see what you think about the Saints draftees and the impact they will have this year. Because we've always talked about it. Man, if you could get three impactful players in your draft, man, that's one heck of a draft. Mm-hmm. Do the Saints have that? We'll discuss with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat-screen TV from AVI, and more, it's the ultimate man cave makeover, powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Download the free game mobile app from either Android or Apple services so you can take the Blonde Bomber with you always. This is the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. We continue part two of the Black and Gold Report with our good friend Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. A rose by any other name is still a rose. Bob, um, (laughs) I had to throw that little Shakespeare thing in there. All right, so... um, All the picks are in. The Saints have uh, signed a group of undrafted free agents. The fun part now is who's going to be the big difference maker? So a a two-part question. Who do you hope will will make the biggest impact right away? Who do you hope? And then who do you believe will make the biggest impact out of those six draft picks? Man, and it, yeah, and and I think there could be as many as four of them that make a day one or year one impacts, Jordy. Uh, but as far as my hope, 
Uh, my hope is is the same as the New Orleans Saints franchise is that uh, that the first round pick Brian Brzee, uh you know, has the has the biggest impact. You invested a first round pick in him. Uh, you know it was arguably your biggest weakness as far as position position wise. Uh, you know in 2022 you made a lot of movements a lot at that defensive tackle position, but he has got to come up big. Uh, and, and I think and I think he will. Uh, obviously he's going to be joining Saw. Anders and Shepard, uh, the the two free agent uh, you know, additions this off season, but uh, when you invest a first round pick in somebody, that's because you recognize skill, you recognize talent, uh, and they they need they need him to come up big. And you know, like I said, I believe he will. However, the one I, the player I uh, I believe will have the biggest year one impact, at least statistically, is the second round pick from Notre Dame, the defensive end Isaiah Foskey. Uh, you know, okay. Foskey just he just drips natural pass rusher to me. Uh, and you know we we talked about this prior to the break about the possibility of New Orleans adding a veteran defensive end just to get some pressure and alleviate some of the double teams against Cam Jordan. Well, opponents are still going to double team Cam. Uh, you know, Granderson is a fine player. Passigno is a fine player, but they're not perennial Pro Bowlers. That's going to give Foskey a big, big opportunity here. Right. Uh, and I, I think that he could make teams pay even right out of the gate for you know. For throwing a single blocker at him, he's gonna he's gonna create a lot of nightmares for opposing quarterbacks. See, that's the guy I hope has the biggest impact because I believe if you affect the quarterback, that makes everybody else's life a lot easier. So, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he has the biggest impact. I agree with you that Brissy is going to be the guy, but there's two dark horses here, and uh, one depends upon. And I think one's going to get to play early. The other one may play late because injuries seem to always hit the Saints. And that's playing early is Kendra Miller, the running back from TCU, because I know that um, Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. I don't know for how long, mm-hmm. but he's going to be suspended. You know that? So so Kendra Miller is going to get the ball, and he's really good. I saw him in college. I think he's really good. And then the other one, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, come on. Can you play a full season? Eh, I'm not sure. A.T. Perry, the sixth rounder, got all the size. I've seen clips of him. Looks like he can high point the ball, gives you that big, strong, physical slot receiver again. I think he may be the surprise. Uh, I agree with you, and I, I would list them in the exact same order as you did, mainly because you know Kendra Miller is going to get an opportunity, uh, like it or not, because you know Kamara is going to be suspended, likely sooner rather than later. Um, and if if you watched our Bayou Blitz uh, draft to telecast, or you follow my work through the Saints News Network, you know I'm very high on both Kendra Miller and A.T. Perry. I was calling for A.T. Perry in the second or third round. Uh, wow. But if Michael Thomas is healthy, A.T. is not going to get as many opportunities because he's got right. Thomas, Alave, Shahid, and potentially Brian Edwards in front of him. But I'm with you. I, yeah, I, I think this kid has the uh, has the 
physical skills of a potential number one receiver. I'm not saying he will be that, and I'm not saying he will be that for New Orleans, but he's that darn good. Uh, you know, Kendry Miller has a fascinating all-around game. Uh, you know, has to fine-tune some things, prove he can be a receiver out of the backfield and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, he, he's going to be a productive inside runner. He's got the speed to get outside and get to the second level of a defense quickly. Yeah, I, I love both these two kids, uh, even if injuries, if slash when injuries uh, you know, do hit the Saints' skill positions. I think they're a lot deeper than they had been at either running back or wide receiver than they've been in the last two or three years. I'm going to take Jake Hayner out of the equ- equation, the quarterback from mm-hmm. Fresno State, because he's not going to see the field at all. But the, the interesting question to me, who has a bigger impact? Nick Saldaveri, the offensive tackle from Old Dominion, picked in the fourth round, number 103 overall, or Jordan Howard, Howden, the safety <clears throat> out of Minnesota, picked one round later and 43 picks later at number 146. Think when you when you put the positions out there, offensive line, defensive secondary, and you look at what the Saints have in both positions, who gets on the field and who makes an impact out of those two? You know, I think I think I'm going to go with uh, with Howden, uh, you know, the 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 safety, the defensive back, and the reason is this: he's going to see the field on, you know, assuming he makes the team, uh, he's going to see the field on special teams as well, uh, where they can, you know, where you can make a big impact. Plus, you look at that secondary. Yeah, I know the Saints go three deep at cornerback, uh, you know, with uh, with Lattimore, Taylor, Adebo, four deep if you count Roby. Uh, they have two two fine safeties and Matthew and May. However, remember, May is also facing a probable suspension this year, and there are some questions at that third safety position. We think it's going to be Lonnie Johnson, uh, but they brought in you know, the veteran Jonathan Abram. Uh, you know, JT Gray might have a say in it, but they don't have P.J. Williams back. And Howden, uh, as you and I talked about last week, Howden has a lot of the same skill sets that P.J. Williams brought to the table, and you know that Dennis Allen loved to use uh, you know, P.J.'s skill in a variety of different ways. That's why I think that Howden could be a, a more instantaneous contributor than Saldi Berry, uh, who I'm a big fan of, and I think he has a potential starting job lined up in 2024. But Andrus P. Cesar Ruiz, Calvin Throckmorton, James uh, James Hurst, they're all ahead of him on the depth chart at, at, at the guard spot where I think Nick projects to. Uh, you're looking at Ryan Ramchek, Landon Young, and obviously Trevor Penning along the outside at tackle where Nick played in college. So there's a lot of bodies in front of him. I think he's going to see the field, but I think Howden has the bigger impact in year one. He is Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. That, 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 that'll be fascinating uh, to see. The, the Saints' win total has been set at nine and a half games, and they're projected as a dark horse in the NFC South because of their schedule. Uh, at home, you know, the regular crowd shuffles in, Falcons, Panthers, <laughs> Buccaneers. Uh, they're out-of-division opponents, the Bears, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Giants. And on the road, after you get the Falcons and the Panthers and the Buccaneers, you got to go to Green Bay, to Houston, to Indianapolis, to Minnesota, to the L.A. Rams, and the Patriots probably in Germany. When you look at that schedule, um, what do you think of it? 
Hi, Jordy. I see 11 to 12 wins here, depending on you know, if this young talent uh, progresses how we think and hope that they will, uh, you know, if the free agency additions hit, and if Derek Carr is indeed uh, you know, the, the answer at the quarterback position. I, I, I see 12 wins. Um, yeah, you look at yeah you know, at the away game against the Packers. When are they going to schedule that? Now we know Goodell, and we know that it's going to be in late November, early, <laughs> early December. Uh, you know, so weather is an inclement factor for sure. Uh, but you know, the the Colts, Texans, they're both rebuilding. Uh, the the Rams are they going to stay healthy enough? Uh, you know, Vikings. Vikings are always inconsistent, and you know they they and the Saints have been at each other's throats for decades now. Uh, you now you get. You get the Bears, uh, you know, at home. They're rebuilding, and then you have you know playoff teams or potential playoff teams, and the you know the Lions, Giants, Jaguars at home, where the Saints are a far different team. Uh, now we haven't seen that difference in the last couple of years, so yeah, you know, I, I say eleven to twelve years on the caveat that they kind of regain that uh, that Superdome dominance that we we became so accustomed to. Uh, but yeah, you know, health and these offseason uh, addition player additions, if if they hit, I, I see this being an 11 and 12 win team. Wow, that'd be awesome. Um, if you could only buy one ticket to one home game, I'm going to go over the list again. Only one, uh, only you can only go to one game inside Caesar Superdome Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Bears, Lions, Jaguars, Titans, Giants. Who would you want to go see? Well, and you you know I'm going to be fortunate enough to attend a couple, uh, both home and away. Uh, but if you right. force me to only choose one as a fan, I'm going to go Lions or Jaguars uh, because yeah, they're too. they're young, up and coming teams. Uh, I, I love the way both play. Uh, I think they're going to be hard games for the Saints. Yeah, I I, I want a young, up and coming team uh, that that I think is going to have a, a solid 2023 season. Uh, I'm going to go Lions or Jag. I'll since you pick. Have me pick one. I'll go Lions. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. They've really turned their their fortunes around. Um, that that's terrific. Would you want the Saints to be on HBO's Hard Knocks? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. I wouldn't. Uh, and yeah, th- this is the coach in me speaking. I would just view it as another discre- distraction uh, to what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, yeah, I, I, as a fan, listen, it's great exposure. So I get, th- I get that. I get why some fans would like to see it, and I don't begrudge you that. But I'm thinking as a coach, I don't want that distraction on my field. I don't want it in my locker room. I want to coach and prepare and develop my team. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, wow. I just, you know, I just, they got to stay healthy. We, we say that every year, yes. but I still believe that they are, uh, you look at the quarterback rooms in the conference, uh, the Saints have the best quarterback, uh, the most experienced quarterback. I don't know how uh, Bryce Young's going to do uh, in his first season. I'm not scared of anybody with, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm not scared of anyone with the Atlanta Falcons. You know what I mean? So nope. at that position, I think the Saints have quite the advantage, and they better take advantage of it. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, especially when you look at the young additions that both Atlanta and Carolina have made. Uh, you know, this looks like a roster. They both look like rosters that won't be down for long. Now, the Saints certainly have some young talent to match that. Uh, but like you said, they have the experience advantage over both of them right now. Tampa looks like they're in a complete rebuild. Uh, the opportunity to take command of the NFC South in 2023, it's there for them. They just, they not only have to stay healthy, uh, they have, like we said before, they have a lot of new pieces they brought in this off season. They're going to have to come together, so it might be a little bit bumpy early in the year. Uh, that's what comes down to coaching, though. Uh, you know, good coaching can bring you know, can bring these new new faces together and get them on the same page quickly. I'm with you. Um, we've seen Aaron Rodgers everywhere: basketball games, hockey games. <laughs> He'll be going to baseball games and all that stuff. Um, that division has become very, very interesting with Buffalo, Miami, New England, and the Jets. Who's your Who's your favorite in that division? I think it's still Buffalo, hands down. Uh, I yeah. think they have the most talent on the you know, most combined talent on both sides of the football. Uh, they're experienced. Uh, you know, they, they've had what, you know, near misses in three, three years, four years running. Uh, so they have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you know, second place, I go Miami. Uh, I think Miami is the more talented team between they and the New York Jets right now. You don't know what you're right. I'm thinking of the Aaron Rodgers that I saw in 2022. And he, he looked like a guy that I wouldn't trade a day three draft choice for, let alone trade what the New York Jets did. I know they needed someone at quarterback. He was the best available at the time. Uh, I just, I don't think it's going to be the fit that everybody says that it is. Uh, and it's, it could be a potential disaster there, but. I still put the Jets slightly above the New England Patriots as far as roster talent goes. So if you, if you had me make my AFC East predictions today, I'd go Buffalo, Miami, New York, and New England. All right. Very, very interesting. Uh, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. I think we covered everything. So um, I'm hoping it's the defensive end out of uh, the edge rusher from Notre Dame. Uh, you're thinking uh, the defensive tackle. I just want three or four of them to be really, really good. And then yep. the Saints are going to win the NFC South. Dad Gummit, they're going to win it. And uh, I hope you're right on the 11 or 12. That would be that would be just awesome. Awesome. Yeah, let's let's call our shot now, Jordy. We're calling 11, yeah, 11 and a half wins over and under uh, yeah, and, and four uh, instant contributors from this draft class. How about that? Ooh. I'm going over nine and a half. I, I, let's do it. Let's do it. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. You must follow him on Twitter. You must follow him everywhere. Um, well, they do a great job covering the Saints, and it never ends. It never, ever ends. By the way, former Vikings Cal quarterback Joe Cap yeah. has passed away at the age of 85. I remember going to, the, to uh, Tulane Stadium to watch the Vikings and the Kansas City Chiefs in mm-hmm. one of those early Super Bowls, Hank Stram was coaching the uh, the Chiefs. You had Len Dawson. You had uh, Otis Taylor in that group. Joe Cap was quarterback in the Vikings, and the, the Chiefs just beat him up. Uh, Cap was really, really tough, um, yeah. but he has passed away at the age of 85. So there you have it. Bob, thank you so much for everything. As always, Tuesdays are great because of you, my friend, and we greatly appreciate right back your at time. You. All right, buddy. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bob Rose. You too, my friend. Thank you. You got it. Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Back to close things up. Birthday wishes, as always, next. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at one of their 60 stores in southern and central Louisiana, then you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out, your dryer vent. Yeah, you lift that thing out of the front, but what about the exhaust that goes outside your house? That gets clogged up. Clean it the right way. Save on your your electrical bill and the, the wear and tear on your dryer with ducts by Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, in Baton Rouge, and in Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you have ever tasted, I promise, and by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All righty. Um, as we finish things out on this uh, Tuesday edition, um, fun day. Fun day. Um, ooh, let's see something. Um, let's see. LSU basketball landed a commitment today from a three-star small forward, Devon Cryer. The addition marks their first in the class of 2024. He's six seven, a buck eighty. Collected five high-level offers in the past weeks alone. LSU is. Um, Ahead of the curve in identifying prior skill set. Standout athlete stood out enough for McMahon to send an offer in early May, and the kid is committed. Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, Colorado, all offered prior in the past month. Texas A&M was first to the party and did so in September of 2022. Um, Devin Pryor, a fast-rising 6'7 small forward out of Houston. So that's always a good thing. He's rated as the number 20 prospect out of the Lone Star State, according to 247 Sports. Special thanks to our guest, Bobby Barbier, the head coach of Northwestern State Baseball, Anthony Renato, the former Tiger pitcher, big league pitcher, and, of course, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. If today, May 9th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Yeah, you share it with the piano man, right? Billy Joel is a 74-year-old youngster today. And the head coach of the Hottie Toddy Ole Miss Rebels, Lane Kiffin, is 48 years old today. We'll recap the NBA playoffs. Mike Huguenin uh, will join us for all things college football. We'll get his thoughts on the over-under, nine and a half for LSU. I'm betting the over. James Mesh, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do, thank you, partners. We could not do it without you. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4, 
Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another. And life is short, so let's be happy. Coming up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Stay dry. So long, everybody.